Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. And this is episode five. We're reviewing My Hero Academia season four, episode 24, Japanese Hero Billboard Chart. Um, as always, there are spoilers in each of our podcast episodes, so you have been warned. Yeah, I know we're kind of behind with uploading episodes just because we're kind of busy in our personal lives. Yeah, yeah as so. we mentioned in our, our our episode zero, our introduction, we're, we're working professionals, um, so this is more of a, currently a hobby um, for us, a, a way to, to share our, our love of anime, but it's, we do have full-time jobs, and with a lot of the coronavirus activity thing going on right now, it's, um, it's stressful at work, so we're, we're a bit behind, but we do want to make sure we, we at least get these podcast episodes out. Yeah, we're doing our best, guys, okay? <laughs> Alright, well, kick us off with the synopsis. Yeah, so usually TV Tropes is pretty reliable with recaps, but for some reason they didn't have it for this episode, so I'm pulling this straight from Wikipedia, where it states that Japanese Hero Billboard Chart is the 24th episode of the fourth season, or the 87th episode overall. So, recap starts. As November comes to a close, Ari will be staying at UA. Meanwhile, the Wild Wild Pussycats pay a visit to Class 1A. Koda shows up to Deku's surprise, and even though Ragdoll lost her quirk, she still assists in the office. Pixie Bob received a message from Tartarus and said that All for One has Ragdoll's quirk, but he can't give it back to her or to another person while he's being tied up. Elsewhere, it is time for the broadcast of the Japanese Hero Billboard chart. This announcement is being held at Camino for its importance and is special for the fact that All Might will not be on the chart for the first time, as well as the top 10 heroes themselves appearing on stage for the presentation of their rankings. The announcement of the Hero Billboard chart Top 10 Heroes begin. At number 10 is the Dragon Hero Ryukyu, who has dropped a rank. Number 9 is the Equipped Hero Yoroi Musha. At number 8 is the Laundry Hero Wash. At number 7 is Kamui Woods. At number 6 is the shield hero, Crust. Number 5 is the rabbit hero, Mirko. Number 4 is the ninja hero, Edshot. Number 3 is best genist who couldn't attend as he is taking a break from active duty. At number 2 is the winged hero, Hawks, who has moved up from number 3. And the new number 1 hero is revealed to be none other than the legendary peacekeeper, the fiery hero, Endeavor. Meanwhile, Dobby from the League of Villains is sending an intelligent Nomu to hunt down the heroes. And I think that's where the episode ends with the cliffhanger, where you see Endeavor and Hawks facing off against the Nomu, which I wrote down the name here. Uh, High End was its name. Yeah, it's interesting that... Did the first Nomu have a name? I can't remember. I feel like it might have, or maybe it didn't. I'd have to look it up, but... Yeah, because this one having a name was kind of like interesting to me. I was like, huh, do they always have names? But maybe yeah. this is going to be a, a longer-running Nomu, where they actually decided to, to name it. And a little bit of trivia before I start. Um, it's just interesting that the place where the billboard ceremony is taking place is called Camino, And then Nomus are basically almost like gen- genetically modified clones of, of villains or heroes with quirks. And Kamino is a place in Star Wars where they generated, or 
the clone army was um, generated. Oh, yeah. So, I remember you of... told me about Kamino, but I didn't put two and two together with the Nomus being essentially some sort of clone or quirk clone or something. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of places in My Hero, um, especially like schools or um, just key locations, always drop like um, references to Star Wars, but this is the first time I'm actually seeing a, a slight connection. So. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So let's do something a little bit different with this episode because I really like this episode overall. So let's first talk about what we enjoyed um, and then we can end with what we didn't like because I personally have far less that I didn't like about this episode. Just a couple of things. Um, so what did you particularly enjoy about episode 24? Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Um, I know we ended on a high note with the previous episode with the high school festival, but this episode kind of brings things back to reality where the heroes have to face off against the impending threat of the League of Villains rise to power. But the issue is that since All Might is out of the picture, um, the society of heroes needs a new icon to stand behind. Right. And what I kind of like about this episode is that it kind of shows different aspects of what it means to be a hero. And the biggest comparison I could make um, is comparing the three, I would say, top heroes right now um, to what I consider to be the three top heroes in American pop culture, where All Might is kind of like the Superman and Hawks. I would say is more like the Spider-Man of their universe and Endeavor is kind of like the Batman of their universe. And you can kind of, I don't know if most of you are familiar with like these superheroes in American pop culture, but each of them has their own MO, um, their own personality, but we kind of question like, why do we revere them so much as heroes in each of their own different ways? And I think that's, kind of the theme with this episode that was pretty interesting because you can see like Endeavor has this huge responsibility on his shoulders because people are expecting him to be the next number one hero um, even though it's clear that Hawks has the more outgoing and relatable personality but I guess that's what we're kind of seeing here is like why should we put Endeavor on such a high pedestal when it, it's clear that he's not as um friendly or as open to the people that he's saving compared to these other heroes on the top 10 list. Yeah, don't they mention that, that this year they're factoring in, like, popularity into the the rankings? Because generally it's just based off... I, I could be wrong, but I thought they said something like, generally it's based off of the number of people you save and the limit to, your, to the destruction of the surrounding, you know, area or whatever, and I could just be making this up. But it was more, um, like... It quantitative versus qualitative aspects and then they wanted to this year bring in that the factor of um i guess fan base like people do people like you do people approve of you which is interesting because endeavor is probably the least liked the least approved of hero but he does the best work yeah um and i wrote notes here it was basically three things that they um critique the heroes on for the chart um incidents that they had resolved their contribution to society, and the overall citizen approval. Okay, there you go. Yeah. 
So the, the citizen approval, that was the new piece, right? Yeah, they, I think they placed a lot of importance on the uh, approval rating. So Yeah, interesting. Timely for, for Endeavor being number one. So what did you like about the episode? So I wrote a, a couple of notes here. First off, my boy Mirio, like at the beginning of the episode, it broke my heart when he said that he had to take a hiatus from school, which makes sense because he doesn't have a quirk right now. Um, but that he, again, is still serving that purpose of being essentially Eddie Chan's older brother, you know, like adopted older brother, because as they established, even before this episode, she doesn't have any family except for her grandpa, who is in a coma, thanks to Overhaul. What I was going to say is like, is what happened to Overhaul? Like, is he still in play or is he dead? He's probably, I mean, he doesn't is have he hands. Is he still on the street? He's, yeah, probably. They just left him there. Like, well, he doesn't still have hands anymore. screaming on the highway or Yeah, something. he doesn't have hands anymore. He's not a threat to anybody. But no, I'm sure he's in a facility somewhere and I'm sure he'll make some sort of return. But I, at the end of his, his final moments that we saw last, when they took away his hands, he had a flashback to, um, I can't remember the, the grandfather's name. Um, no, I don't either. But obviously he looks up to him. He's not Overhaul's grandfather, but the the boss or whatever. Um, obviously Overhaul looks up to him and he put him in a coma just so that he could say like, hang on, let me just take care of this. I promise I'll, 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 I'll make you proud with what I'm doing. But then he realizes he can't fix him unless he has his hands. So now he's like freaking out. Um, but yeah, so so she doesn't have any family, and and Mirio is her adopted brother in a sense, and and he obviously, um, he always has a, a bright personality, but I think having that purpose of of being, um, the shoulder to lean on for Eddie Chan, I think really fills that gap for him, it's that just, empty space. It's just so sad because like you know the struggle he's dealing with, and he has to put on this happy face for yeah like. But I guess that's what it means to be a hero. Like you have to have that, that confidence and that positive personality. Yeah, and he he's obviously holding out hope, and everyone is that that they can work. Um, they being UA can work with Eddie Chan on how to control her power so that she can reverse his current state and and bring his quirk back. Um, which you know we'll, we'll wait and see how that all ends up. But I was happy to see him and, and them kind of give him more after the school festival. Like, hey, I'm still going to be in the picture. I'm here for Eddie Chan. She's going to live here, but I'm going to kind of help take care of her because I, I don't want Mirio to kind of go on hiatus from the show as well just because he doesn't have a quirk right now. Um, a, couple, a couple other things that I liked. Um, I like that. What was the green girl's name? Ragdoll? Mm-hmm. I like that they repurposed her. So one of the things that I've mentioned before, and I always go back to the gentle criminal arc, is I don't like something for the sake of having it in the show. So I don't like a villain that's a throwaway villain for the sake of having a villain at that part of the show. Um, so knowing that they, they always kind of bring things full circle or follow up on things or repurpose things is, is really nice. So Ragdoll being repurposed saying, yeah, I don't have a quirk. I was in a coma or something for a little bit as I was mm-hmm. recovering, but that doesn't mean I can't be a hero. I'm repurposed now and I'm more of a support person, but I'm still able to help until, you know, someone can help, can figure out how to get my quirk back. Um, and same thing with best genist. I really liked that again, we haven't seen him in a long time because he got wrecked during that fight. And I thought, mm-hmm. I think most of us thought at first that he died until at the end of that fight, they, they clarified he was not dead. Um, but we haven't heard from him since. Actually, yeah, we haven't seen him or the Wild Wild Pussycats in 
I don't even know how many episodes. Yeah, for for quite some time. So again, it's like this show does a good job of following up. Like no, no one ever feels like a throwaway. No one ever feels like it was just filler, basically. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, like filler episodes are like nice and stuff, but no one really loves filler episodes um, or filler content. So knowing that Best Gina still has an appearance, he he's still there. He, you know, the show confirms us. He's still there. He's still a hero. He's just on hiatus while he's recovering, and he's still on the the top you know, 10 of, of the charts. Um, I really, I really appreciate all of that. And I also think of like Stain, right? We only saw Stain for a short bit, but the effect that he's had on society is long lasting. Um, so that again, they, they continue to reference Stain and all of that. The Nomus that we come back to that again, and it doesn't feel like it's reusing stuff. Um, it's kind of just building on what we've seen in yeah, the past. Yeah, exactly. That that building, I think, makes it worth seeing those characters again versus just like, oh, they can't think of anything, so they're just reusing, you know, their old content. Um, I think along those same lines, um, you do see the return of Coda, the yeah. little kid who was with the Pussycats. Um, so it was kind of nice following up on his story and it's clear like he still has a little bit of animosity towards heroes but i think from the last fight where midoriya had saved his life it's clear that midoriya had had quite an effect on him and i think you start to see the roots of um midoriya appealing to everyone and probably leading into why he became the number one hero Uh, because you see koda does have sneakers that match the same ones that Midoriya wears. Um, so I thought that was nice seeing him opening up to um, having a more positive outlook on heroes. Yeah, although he tries to play it off, but you can tell he's become a, a fan of Midoriya's. Mm-hmm. I also want to mention another thing I really liked about the episode, and I've I've shared that I'm a huge JoJo fan. It's my number one favorite anime um, and I, this is the first time we're hearing Hawk speak. If you don't count the movie, which he barely really, he, he barely even talked in the movie. So this is the first time you're really hearing his full blown voice actor. And it's Bucciarati. It's Bucciarati's voice Bucciarati. actor. I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't know the names of voice actors very well. Um, but Bucciarati's voice actor is Hawks, which is awesome. Then also you got Abakio, who's Eraserhead. You got All oh, Might, right. or Abdul was all, is All Might, or was All Might. Midoriya um, is Narancha. Bakugo is Gyachio. Like, it's just funny how a lot of the cast of um, My Hero is also in in JoJo. I mean, they're both huge. Obviously, My Hero is a little bit bigger, I would say, right now than, than JoJo. But it's cool to see those voice actors um, in other works at the same time. So I, I enjoyed that. That, w- that was nice. That was I'm very nice. sure you did. The last thing I wanted to mention about what I really enjoyed with this episode, and this is probably the number one thing I, I enjoyed, um, is the dynamic between Hawks and Endeavor. I think mm-hmm. they're so funny. Like, it's it kind of has that, that Kirishima Bakugo feel because you've got one person who's really tough and stern and serious and the other one who's just so relaxed and, like, goes with the flow and, and doesn't care. I, I just really enjoy that dynamic. And it's interesting because Hawks can read Endeavor like a book is what it seems like. Um, we've seen Endeavor 
you know, want to become the number one hero. He finally obtains his goal and he's pissed off because it's not in the way that he wanted to obtain it. It's not because of his own merit. It's because the number one hero retires and that, that makes him angry. He trashes his workout room or whatever back at the house. Um, so he's already struggling with the fact that he's the number one hero. Then on top of that, you add that additional complexity of him not understanding how to be the number one hero. So when it comes to Endeavor, he's, he wants to be the number one hero, but he doesn't know how to be the number one hero, if that makes sense, right? So he attains that goal. He is the number one hero, but he still doesn't understand how to fill those shoes. He asks All Might, how do you, how do I become the, the, what is the symbol of peace? Yeah. Yeah. What is the symbol of peace? Like, what does that mean? How do I do that? How do I become that? Um, so you can see throughout this episode and Hawks can clearly see it too, that he's trying to, to fill all my shoes. He's very careful in what he says in the, um, at the billboard ceremony or whatever, even after Hawks makes a big splashy to do or whatever, and then kind of, kind of puts him on the spot afterwards. And then when Hawks and Endeavor are walking on the street, you notice it as well when Hawks is like showered with praise from all the people around him. And then Endeavor, being the cold person he is, causes people to kind of keep their distance. And then he sees a fan and wants to approach him because he feels like that's the right thing to do. That's what All Might would do. And it backfires in his face. Um, So it's just, it's that thing, that complexity um, I, I really like because Endeavor always seems to have his shit together. But in this sense, he has no idea what he's doing. And it's kind of, well, last thing I'll mention about this, it kind of is echoed with his relationship with Todoroki, right? His mm-hmm. goal was to have the best son possible, someone who's talented, someone who could fill his shoes, someone who could also be a number one hero. And he obtained that goal, just like he did with becoming number one hero, but not in the way he expected because his son doesn't respect him. Um, his son doesn't want anything to do with him. He defies him by never using his, you know, fire powers. Um, so it's, he, he had a son, so he raised a really talented son without knowing how to be a dad. So I think it's just, he has all these things that are out of his control, even though he acts like he's in control all the time. So Endeavor is a a unique character for me and seeing his dynamic played up against Hawks, um, and Hawks calling him out on his BS is, is interesting to me. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I think a lot of that plays into, um, the top 10 list. Because one thing I noted was that um, you see a lot of varied reactions from all the heroes of, like, their rankings. Um, A lot of them are just upset that they're not ranked higher. Um, Ryukyu, the dragon hero, she says that she feels very undeserving of the ranking. So it's clear that even though you have all of these top-tier heroes, none of them really feel like they... Um, have a strong presence to be like the greatest hero for the country and again that kind of ties in with Endeavor's struggle to be that hero that will fill All Might's void Um, but like you said he doesn't know exactly how to uh, approach uh, that objective yeah and I think another thing that's interesting about the Hawks Endeavor and Dynamic as we're kind of talking through this has popped in my head um Again, Endeavor worked really hard to get where he was. He didn't get it the way he wanted to, but he clearly worked hard. Um, But then Hawks, 
as they described, just talented from the get-go, even at a young age. And he, this number two position just kind of fell in his lap. Like he, he, that's why he's so relaxed about everything. That's why he tells Endeavor, I want you to be a reliable hero so that I can be sitting at home doing nothing because you're so reliable that society is cleaned up and heroes don't have as much work to do, which is funny because it's both selfish and very righteous, mm-hmm. right? It's like a, a dual, what do you call it? Dual under sword what's that double-edged sword. double-edged <laughs> a dual-ended sword where it's just one long blade on both sides and yeah. you just cut your hands anyway you get what i mean um so yeah knowing that that endeavor worked really hard for what he he has but didn't actually obtain it in the way he wanted and then hawk's just getting whatever he wants without even trying that's another uh that's another fun dynamic that i, I can't wait to see play out yeah get like i said at the beginning of this episode the way I see the relationship between Endeavor and Hawks is much like if Batman were to have a conversation with Spider-Man. Because those are the kind of, um, I guess, diametrically opposite personalities that you see in these heroes. And to me, it's just an example of like why, why would we consider Batman a hero? Or why would we consider Spider-Man a hero? And it... Uh, is either or which one would be the greatest one um so i guess on a personal level it kind of makes you question like what what you as a person define as a hero or who would you um be more lenient towards as being the number one superhero because for me personally like i love both batman and spider-man i tend to go more towards batman but again, that's for my own personal reasons, and that could change with anyone else. Um, but it really opens up the idea again of what you define as a great hero. Yeah. So let's flip this over to what we didn't like about the episode. What what were you less thrilled with? Um, honestly, there wasn't much. I mean, it's again, it's a very slow-paced episode compared to everything else that we've seen so far. Um, like some of my stupid comments were like, "Why would you risk putting like all the top tier heroes in one room?" Yeah, I thought the <laughs> same thing. I'm like, "Who the hell is patrolling the streets of Japan?" Right? Like that's every like that stadium's huge. It's every major um, top tier and probably second tier unless hero. They just, yeah, unless they're just putting Hound Dog as yeah <laughs> as the security detail every time they have these events. Is it's clear like he's. He has no mind to really <laughs> function as a human being anyways. Um, I know they mentioned the the weird guy with the quirk. His name's Teruo, and his quirk is shame. So, like, the more embarrassed he gets, the more powerful he gets. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize at first that he was going to streak. I get to, like, you know, bring shame to himself. I was like, what is he doing? Then I realized, I'm like, oh, he's not wearing any clothes. Yeah, I mean, it was nice comic relief, but I don't know if he'll play a bigger role at any point because they did go into the backstory of his quirk and how he has this kind of radical view of society um, and how he was influenced by, I think it was mentioned, like, Destro's life story, which I don't know who Destro is. Neither do I. Um, again, maybe that's something that comes up later down the road or how this crazy man supports like the metahuman liberation war front. It was a lot of exposition for someone who just served as comic relief for the whole episode. Cause you see Hawks um, effortlessly take the guy down with his feathers or whatever. Um, so I thought that was, that was a weird thing to include. 
Like, is this supposed to be a red herring? Or are we supposed to pay attention to this guy later on? Yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, this is... They're telling us a lot about him. And then he gets taken out in the first, like, five seconds that he actually takes any action. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I, I had very little, I guess, negative criticisms of the, of the episode. Well, other good. than the fact that it was, again, a lot slower. But I think they are setting up for... A, a grand set piece um, in the next episode. Yeah. I had just a couple of things. So let me start with the smaller things that irked me. Um, so I thought the episode would focus more on the billboards because the whole episode was titled The Billboards. And then the preview from the last episode was just about the billboards. So it was interesting that that actually played a very small part in the episode. But I guess in some ways it's nice because then everything else is, is a big surprise. Um, but that was a bit confusing. Um, in terms of uh, the Nomu, I thought it was way too convenient that the Nomu was able to find them as they were together and as they were talking about Nomu yeah, in There was general. no explanation like how how this Nomu found them. Yeah. Right? I, I know sure... like Dabby released it, but I don't recall anything that he said. Um, he didn't really indicate anything in particular. He's like, I'm just going to need you for this. And I, I'm sure they'll explain it later. At least I hope they explain it later because that is way too convenient for it to not be explained at some point. So it's either like, is it an inside job? Is Hawks like, did he somehow summon it and re- re- reveal their location? Because um, again, not only were they together, but they were also talking about the Nomu at that very moment. And then it just happens to find them like 20 stories up in a building comes flying straight at them i don't know it just was like way 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 too convenient so i i'm interested to see if there's some hidden backstory to this kind of like how which they haven't come full circle on this one yet we're waiting for them to to tap into this um the the question the big question of who told um the league of villains that class 1a was going to usj to train Mm. Right? Because remember they were, they, or no, wasn't it, um, it was either that or afterwards when they went to the campgrounds with the wild, wild pussycats. Uh, remember that it was going to be very secret. It was only a couple of teachers that were supposed to know about it. And yet somehow the league still found them. There's a, there's like a, a snitch at UA basically. Oh, and they hinted right. to that. And we haven't seen anything since. I'm sure it's going to be some like big reveal at, at, at a later point, but it's like, now I'm wondering, is this another type of secret where somebody somewhere is revealing Endeavor's location and trying to put him in a trap? But anyway, I thought it was just too convenient. So I hope it gets explained later because that would just annoy me. And really the, the biggest thing I disliked about this episode isn't even anything about the, the plot. It's about the production value. Did you notice how poor the production value was? Like, at first I was like, mm, seems a little less clean and crisp than usual but whatever i don't mind it but once they reach the scene where hawks and endeavor are walking down the street i was like what is up with everybody's faces every like the just the, the way it was drawn was was so poo poo <laughs> like the kid who went up to hawks and it looked like a big blob <laughs> yeah exactly or the shark kid with the shark head like he looked like a five-year-old drew i mean I'm, I'm exaggerating but compared to the other episodes like, you could tell they, they scaled back on the budget for this one. I was like, oh, my God. And it was even more apparent when you went from the end of the episode right into the ending, where the ending is, like, you know, top quality production value, as it should be. 
it was just like more apparent then. I'm like, wow, this looks so much better than that whole episode did. So those things like it's fine if there's a slight dip in production value, but this seemed a little bit too, too much and it. I found it a bit distracting in the episode. Did you think Endeavor looked weird in certain scenes? Yeah, yeah. I think okay, I thought that was just me. A hundred percent because of I think again that that scaled back production value, those possible budget cuts, and maybe they they you know threw more budget into like the the last episode with the school festival performance. Mm. But like, man, this was it was it was it was to the point where it was distracting, and that annoys me. Because I get, like, not every scene is going to be drawn beautifully. Not every character on the screen is going to be drawn beautifully. But, man, this was not... This was not good. I did like how you can only see Endeavor's facial features in that one scene. And his whole Oh, yeah, it was so cute. When he was... (laughs) After the charts, or the billboard charts or whatever, when he got pissed at Hawks and he's holding him up by the shirt and his, like, flames are flaring, you just see his face. It's, like, outlined of his features. Like, aw, that's Mm -hmm. so cute. (laughs) So that brings us to the last portion of our episode. What would you rank this episode? Out of 10 smashes? Out of 10 smashes or 10 flash fire fists. <laughs> <laughs> is that his move? Yeah, his his move at the end is flash fire fist jet burn. I just wrote it down because I like to listen to all the moves for the different heroes. <laughs> um, I would give this particular episode 7.5... Fire, what is it? Flash fire fist. Flash fire fist jet to burn um, out of 10. Flash fire fist jet burn. What about you? Um, I would give it probably like a seven, a seven and a half, eight flash fire fists out of 10. Um, you forgot the jet burn. <laughs> Seven and a half or eight flash fire fists jet burns out of ten. That's a mouthful. Um, again, it's it's a slow episode, but you do see, again, the different dynamics of heroes. And I'm just very interested to see what Endeavor has to offer. Because I think in this next episode, you will really see him step up to the plate and show his potential in becoming the number one hero. And again, this goes back to... Like my comparison of him and Batman, one or two things that I wrote um, in my notes are two quotes that he said during the episode, which is um, the only thing he says at the ceremony is "just watch me," and at the end of the episode he says, "I'll show you who I am." Oh yeah. Right, which harkens back to again, this is a comparison to the Dark Knight trilogy in Batman Begins. Batman tells that throwaway katie holmes character (laughs) um it's not who i am underneath but what i do that defines me and i think that's basically what you're seeing with endeavor in this episode or again in in the following episode is yeah he's kind of a dick um when it comes to his personality but you start to see like why he most likely deserves that top hero spot yeah yeah, I think um, the next episode will be, uh, to your point, it'll be interesting because he's now officially the number one hero, and we're wasting no time for him to have an opportunity to prove that. And when they, during the Billboard charts, when they, um, I don't know, Pre- President Mike was talking about something, and they had a, a, an image of All Might at the top, and then Endeavor and Hawks at the bottom, and they're standing on skyscrapers. But the distance, so you notice the distance between 
um, Endeavor and Hawks isn't that much. It's clear that Endeavor is slightly higher than Hawks, but it's not a huge gap. But the distance between Endeavor and All Might is huge. Like All, mm. All Might's at the top of the screen, basically, and that Endeavor is like at the bottom of the screen. And I think that's another that that's the symbolism behind. You know, yeah, he might be number one, but he's still a long way off from from being the next All Might. Um, so the, this next episode is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, so that will be episode 25 or episode 88, his start, um, which I think is similar to similar titles to episodes in the past where, like, remember there was an episode about Bakugo? Yeah, where they kind of set up the background of the character. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was, like, before the school festival when they first started at UA. Yeah, or it was, it was like, called Bakugo start or something, or there was, yeah. like, Midoriya start. This one is called his start, which is weird. They don't specify Endeavor specifically. Yeah. Um, well, the preview there's like it shows flashes of of all the all of his kids. You see Todoroki and then yeah. his older sister and brother, um, and I think there was a, a moment where it flashed like his his wife. So it's either going to be an episode embedded with flashbacks where we get more of his background. Um, or it could be an episode where his family actually hears him in this fight and, and this is how they react knowing that he's possibly in trouble or whatever. Um, so I am, I'm excited for the next episode for sure. Yeah. It should be good stuff. But I think that wraps up episode five for Strictly Anime. Thanks for listening. Yeah. As always, special thank you to Super Newt Ensemble for the jingle that you hear at the beginning and end of this podcast. But until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb, stay weeb. <laughs>